this year it's gonna be better it's gonna be different i got a really good feeling about it this year it's gonna be better it's got so much promise you know i can tell right now just by the look of well hello friends and neighbors this is dan cavallari slow guy on the fast ride here with another episode of the slow guy on the fast ride podcast and today uh we're gonna we're gonna venture into a very uh, strange, strange world. <laughs> it's uh, it's something I admittedly have very limited understanding of, which is why I'm excited to have the guests I have today. Um, we're going to venture a little bit outside the bike world, uh, and you're going to see how it wraps right back around to the bike world. But we're going to start today talking about a little bit about finance, um, and and in particular uh, a new sort of uh, investment instrument we've all heard of but probably don't understand, and it's NFTs which in my very limited scope <laughs> means I know it means non-fungible tokens. That is about where my expertise here ends. <laughs> so I got some experts here and, and this is a really neat uh, uh, couple of guests I have here because this is a bike industry specific uh, application to the NFT. So today on the line, I have Tyler Benedict, who you may know as the founder of bikerumor.com and is now the co-founder of Bike Club NFT. Tyler, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good, and uh, I also have on the line uh, Richard Mitchelson, who you are, you all probably better know him as uh, Rich Mitch, uh, who you've seen his art, believe me, you've seen his art. <laughs> it's everywhere in the bike world, it's awesome. Uh, he is the artist for Bike Club NFT and he's a renowned illustrator, animator within the bike industry. Um, and we're gonna talk to you, Rich, uh, shortly about kind of uh, your end of this and how you're creating some of the art for this. But uh, first of all, thanks for joining me all the way from the UK. No, you're absolutely, yeah, it's great. Yeah, good to speak to you, yeah. Dan. Thanks a lot. Cheers, mate. So, uh, Richard, uh, we're probably going to see you a little bit more in the B segment of the show after the break. But, Tyler, let's jump right in and start with the basics, which I'm sure is a question you are absolutely tired of answering. But what is an NFT? Well, as you explained, it is. it does stand for non-fungible token, but the easiest way for people to wrap their heads around what that is is um and so the short definition is basically it is a digital item that you can own you know like you can prove ownership of a digital item so as the the two examples i like to use that most people will understand is if you have kids and they're playing fortnite or apex legends or halo you you name it they're probably buying something skins upgrades new weapons or whatever all of those are digital items, but they don't actually own them. So if they decide that they want a different skin or or they get tired of that weapon and they want to upgrade it more, that that was that money's down the toilet, right? They can't trade it, they can't sell it, they can't pass it along to somebody else. Um, if those items were NFTs, they would be fully owned by the person who bought them and they would be standalone. So even though maybe Fortnite sells, you know, 100,000 of this one particular weapon upgrade. Each one of those is its own distinct digital item. And if I got tired of it, I could sell it to my friend that needs a better upgrade. I could transfer it to them if he's on my team, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, you know, it, it basically becomes something that you do actually own, even if it's not something you can reach out and physically touch. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the other, the, the way I like to explain it for people who aren't into gaming, who have seen Ready Player One is, if you, uh, the metaverse is the oasis, right? In the movie, it's the oasis. That is the metaverse. That is what Facebook is trying to lead us all to, but there's people doing it way better. So the metaverse is that virtual world. 
the items that you can grab and own and trade and use within that world are all going to be NFTs. They're all digital items. So in the Oasis, you know, that orb of Ocelox or Ocelox, the holy hand grenade, the shields, everything that, that Rubik's Cube thing, every single one of those was an NFT. And the way that NFTs do work is some of them are burnable, meaning you could use it. So that Rubik's Cube thing, that once he used that to turn back time and they got away, he burned that. He can no longer use that ever again. It's gone forever. Nobody else can ever buy it. And so that is, that's kind of like the easiest way to understand what an NFT is. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I'm sure you got more questions, yeah. but I, I could go on and on. <laughs> as soon as you started talking about video games, I, was, I, I lost it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a video <laughs> game guy, but but I my general understanding is that you're basically taking ownership of a digital product uh, or a, or a digital uh, something, an avatar, whatever it may be, a product essentially, uh, and it's sort of like owning that piece of art in much the same way you would own any physical piece of art, right? Like you own the original of some some painters painting yeah there's there's prints of it out there but you own the original is that kind of the right translation 100 percent, because that's one of the things everybody jokes about they're like oh you just spent all this money on this jpeg i just right clicked and saved it and i got the same jpeg i'm like yeah you've got a copy of that jpeg but you don't get any of the other utility and benefits that come with owning that particular actual real jpeg mm -hmm. And I can see how this could uh, help out artists. And actually, Rich, I'll, ha I'll ask you this after the break. But, you know, in a sense, the Internet has really cracked open the art world in a way and, and made it harder for artists to to make a living because it is so easy to just copy things. And so how do you have that ownership of a, of a digital product? So we'll, we'll talk about that after the break. But there seems to be applications for this. It's easy to laugh at an NFT on its face because it is sort of ridiculous. I, oh, I own these pixels. Well, I have these pixels right here. That's the same pixels. No, no, but I own it. I mean, in a sense, that's a little ridiculous. But on the other end of the spectrum, it is uh, kind of a great opportunity for creators of art to actually monetize their work. Does that seem off base or, or am I reading this right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, where it's, where the value of that ownership comes in is with the utility of that NFT, it, besides the art. And I think Rich will probably be the first to tell you, as well any artist, right? The art is only worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. You know, there's only value because somebody has assigned value to it. And that's essentially the same with NFTs. And that's one of the things that, I, I mean, a lot of my friends struggle to wrap their heads around that sure. is that why is that worth something? Well, why is the U.S. dollar worth right. something? Why is gold worth something? Why is anything worth anything? Yeah, it's all kind <laughs> of made up. Because we assign, <laughs> it's 100% made up. U.S. dollars are funny money just like any other currency, yeah. just like Bitcoin, ETH, whatever, yeah. you name it. Yeah. So, you know, this is, this is an interesting uh, application, but I, I want to hear a little bit, Tyler, about how you arrived at the notion of bringing NFTs to the cycling world, and you weren't the first to do it, but you are the most recent. What are you doing differently than uh, than some of the the ways this has already been brought to bear in the, the bike world? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, the ones that I've seen, uh, you know, Colnago had one that was. Um, I'm actually the more I've read about, the less I understand what the actual utility was, other than just something cool that somebody with a lot of money wanted to own. Right. Um, you know, I think it's. I might be getting this wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's RGT Cycling that has their virtual training world, you know, they're starting to offer their NFTs as prizes within the world. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and that's literally only scratching the surface of what can be done. I mean, those are those are just kind of like, hey, this is cool and new. Look at us. We're doing something, right? right? right. And, th- and it's not to put them down. It's it's great because it introduces the concept to the cycling world and then people start to hear about it and then look into it. <clears throat> um, what we're doing different is uh, quite a few things. And it's having run so many businesses for the past 20 something years, um, you know, the one thing you learn is that, look, you, you have to add value in some way. There has to be a reason why somebody wants something because hype and sorry, Rich, art, you know, like all this other stuff, like at some point it's like, okay, that was great, right? But I've had this thing for two days, two weeks, two months, two years now, like what's it doing for me? And, you know, it's like you have this is a business. A lot of these projects I've seen start and you should see my Discord server I, or window. I probably have like 30 different servers I watch because I've been paying attention to so many of these projects and so, so, so many of them, the vast majority of them are built on hype or art. And you can already see those falling off. The The value of them do not increase. Typically, you know, some of them are even just cash grabs. It's kind of a shame. And so for us, you know, like I came into this, I kind of had an idea. And then I had the good fortune of talking to our other two co-founders, uh, Shane, who started Defeat. And one of his main guys, Paul Willerton, who used to be a pro racer way back in the day. And these guys have been crypto into crypto for 10 plus years, like when nobody knew what a Bitcoin was. Mm-hmm. I actually remember being at some press event and Paul sitting around this table with like 10 of us just staring at him and almost laughing and he's explaining and he sent all of us like a a fraction of a bitcoin and i kid you not if i still had that it would probably be worth like five to ten thousand dollars right now and i've tried (laughs) to find it i've tried so hard um so the short of it is these guys have been in crypto for super long like their their depth of knowledge on the back end technical side of it is astounding and that's really what they're bringing to the table on this project yeah what i'm bringing is um a lot of the marketing expertise and uh, a lot of the brand relationships that I've built over the past, you know, 15 years with Bike Rumor, um, it's those relationships are what's helping us build out a lot of brand support for this project. And I think Rich might tell you too, like uh, the other thing I bring is kind of a, a fire under everybody's butt to make this happen super quickly. Um, yeah, we've I, been, I can confirm that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> we have been hustling yeah, yeah. to get this thing casual uh, because somebody... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's, this is why we're not sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know if that, that doesn't totally answer your question. I know you asked, like, what is the value we're bringing to this? And, you know, it's essentially a membership, right? You're buying, when you buy the NFT, yeah, you're getting an awesome piece of art from Rich, you know, a killer avatar that's cycling, and hopefully people will buy more than one because there is going to be added utility for people who own more than one bike club avatar. But um, it's really, it gets you access to brands, to industry and, you know, athletes, ambassadors and other really, really cool people and in the, you know, in the cycling industry that you just wouldn't have this access otherwise. And it's more than, it's easy to say, ah, you'll get deals and stuff, but it's more than just like, you know, who cares if you get 10% off something? We're getting... Yeah, the way we talk to brands is like, look, you're good. We're building this community that could be 10, 20, 100,000 strong of, you know, 
pretty tech savvy, really avid cyclists mm-hmm. who are engaged and want this community. So what are you going to bring to them, right? Like who, who wouldn't love to have access to that type of community as a brand and be able to say, oh, hey, you know what? We're launching this new bike. We're going to give you guys two days first look at it. And, you know, you can pre-order now before anybody else. Yeah. So for our community, that's, they're like, heck yeah, like that sounds like a great perk, yeah. right? And for the brand, it's like, well, you know, you didn't really have to spend any money marketing. You just came into, you spent some time getting to know our audience and presented this. And it, it's a it's a win-win. And that's just like one example. Sure. I mean, it's so, the, it's so fluid. The NFT is almost like a... Um it's one aspect of what you're trying to build here and it's sort of like the the in but it's not it's yeah. not the ultimate i mean it is one of the benefits but it's not the only benefit that's it uh, that is exactly it and that was that was how i looked at it as well and that's why and we'll talk later you know why i decided to to get on board with this you know it was one of those things where and we we've discussed this tyler and and paul and shane and i have discussed this at length on our many mobile phone apps that we have running all the time, messages going all the time. But there's this thing where the art is important because it's the hook to bring people in. But as Tyler said, you know, you, the community is, for me, yeah. is the big, the big oh, that's, thing. That's the most exciting thing. And that, and that really harkens to, I mean, a, this, is, this has been successful before in, in this, uh, this type of model, not with the NFT exactly, but I mean, Rafa did this very well, right? They made the aesthetic. They, they drew people in with the product, but really what it ended up being for them was this, this bigger community that they were trying to build. And it was like, you were part of something. Um, this sounds very similar to that. You have, and you have a phys- like a, a visual representation of your inclusion in this community. Yeah, and, and there's one thing that, that's a great corollary, right? Like it is very similar in concept to a raffle cycling club or, club or um, you know, any cycling club really that, from local on up the the one key difference here is you know obviously there's the nft but the the value that the nft itself adds to this is that it's you don't have to pay annual or monthly membership dues right once you own it you're in you're in for life you're in for as long as you own it and it's fully transferable so you know assuming this thing as we hope it will and are working to make it um takes on a life of its own and becomes this community owned and driven entity you could pass this along to your kids and then to their kids. You could transfer it to a friend or whatever. Or, you know, if you just say, hey, this was great, I'm, I'm done, you sell it, right? So it's a fully owned, fully transferable membership. So in the minute or so before we, we take a break here, Tyler, can you really quickly just run down? There's, a, there's a, an aspect of this of giving back, uh, you know, the charity angle here. Tell me a little bit about that, what you're doing with that angle, angle of uh, what, what people are, where their money's going when they buy something like this. Yeah, sure. I'm glad you asked because I do tend to get too excited about the, the other stuff of yeah. it. But the, the charity element is really like... Um, what's driving this into, at the end of the day, right? So 10% of everything that we make from not just the mint, but from ongoing royalties and sales, from ongoing marketing activities. And, you know, basically 10% of all revenue that this thing ever makes will go back to cycling charity. And one of the really, really cool things about what an NFT-based community allows us to do is put that up to the vote and have the charities come in and engage with our audience mm-hmm. and build interest 
for their what they're doing, but also we can go out and, and talk to them and then we put it up for vote. Like we let the community decide where does this money go? What's important to you, right? Like we could say, hey, we'd love to donate to Emba, but maybe everybody on here is a roadie, right? I doubt it. It'll be a good mix. <laughs> but they're like, yeah, we don't really care about Emba, but you know what? Like we want safe streets. Yeah. So it's and it doesn't have to be like one giant and it won't be one giant check to any one entity, mm-hmm. right? Like we'll be giving money away for as long as this thing exists. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a substantial amount of money mm-hmm. that can really have an impact, especially for small and mid-sized charities that are doing really, really good, important work mm-hmm. at you know local and regional levels. Where, where can worldwide as well? I would say. Where can I Guys. sign up yeah, to be yeah, a charity absolutely. case? I would like to be a charity case. Please. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tyler, th- I think I think. Oh, sorry, go on. I, I was going to say that the one thing that um, there is a difference. And Tyler will will probably be able to tell you more, but there is a difference between this NFT project and some ones that we've seen from pros recently that have involved an auction. Yeah, yeah. Would you? Would you? We can we can hit that after uh, the break. Let me let me just uh, yeah take a quick break here, and uh, when we come back, uh, Rich, we're definitely going to talk to you a little bit about the art angle, and obviously Tyler, you can Great. answer. Uh, uh, what what Rich just brought up, which I think is an important point. But uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back. Welcome back to the Slow Guy on the Fast Ride podcast. I am your host, Dan Cavallari, and I am here with uh, Tyler Benedict and Richard Mitchelson, both uh, of uh, Bike Bike Club NFT. Sorry, I, got, I almost said bike. <laughs> it's, it's a hard thing to disassociate with. Sorry. Um, bike Club NFT, which is totally its own entity. It is totally its own thing, and it is really not as complicated as it sounds is what I'm learning from, <laughs> from talking to Tyler in the opening of the show. Um, but Tyler, let's let's just really quickly hit on what Rich just brought up, um, which is how this is uh, different than some of the auctions we've seen from pros. What what is the difference there? Yeah, well, for this one, right? Like, it's this is a, a full-on business. I mean, business, stating you're starting a company is a little bit of a bad word in the NFT space sometimes mm-hmm. because the whole point is this to create this community-owned. Thing, right but the the fact of the matter is the four of us who are co-founders on this we've all started and run businesses and we understand that like you somebody has to steer the ship somebody has to have a plan and there has to be a real revenue structure in place for this to succeed and so for us to even begin to live up to the promises that we're making to our community we have to have a legitimate business running this so you know that's where some of the money goes mm-hmm. and I think anybody who buys in will see outsized value by many 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 multiples Mm -hmm. because of the work that we're putting into it um and then again the charitable aspect of it as well so this isn't just an auction to raise a little bit of money or just to do something cool and get your name out in the press um this is like a legitimate thing that we're building that is honestly going to be you know 100% 100% community driven. Mm-hmm. It's just that there will be some people who know what the heck they're doing <laughs> running right. the show. Yeah. yeah. So, Rich, I want to get to you now and talk a little bit about the art itself. Um, you know, we talked a lot about what what the process is like. Yeah, you know, you buy this NFT and and then you're part of this club. But wait, let's back up. What is the NFT? Are you creating those pieces of art? What is what's the process here? Yeah, I've been working uh, quite a long 
long evenings and long weekends uh, to create these um, individual distinct avatars. I guess they, they follow the the kind of the legend style, I would say, that I've created over the last, since uh, first working with Rouleau magazine in 2009. Um, people will recognize the look uh, from the, the mugs that I released with Rouleau magazine and, and, and have since. Yeah. Um, similar to the work that I did with Team Sky and all those different brands, I guess. Um, so yeah, so it's 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 um, it's clearly defined as a as a piece of work by myself. Um, it's probably yeah something that people will recognise, which is great. Um, but the sort of the secret sauce in all of this is that it's uh, it's it's completely individual. So there are ten thousand completely different versions, wow. I suppose, and. Yeah, you can you can you can get one that might look like yourself. Yeah. It might not. It, you might you might have a few. You might you know it's there are men and women and surprises to come. So uh, yeah, it's um, full ranges of yeah uh, men and women, uh, full different races and uh, uh, backgrounds and jersey styles and. Now is this yeah, is this sort of the same? I mean, I've seen your art before. I love it. It's and we've seen these these avatars that you've created that have sort of become you know the the art de rigueur of the of the bike industry uh, everybody seems to, to love and, and and have your work and i think it's super cool if if somebody bought um one of your pieces from you before i mean does is that retroactively an nft for them or is, is it just kind of like this is the line in the sand and then moving forward you have to go through bike club nft to get that yeah i mean that's yeah it, if you if you've bought a piece of work from me previously it, it doesn't it doesn't count as a an nft okay. um You'll have a great print on your wall, to be honest with right. you. But yeah, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean that you own the NFT of that that piece of okay. work. Yeah. And and so far now, you're the only artist uh, at Bike Club NFT, or are there others that are also creating uh, NFTs for you? It's uh, it's just it's just just me at the moment. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, let's see how that goes. But we are keen to promote and and uh, and show off um, a full range of uh, the cycling art. And, and cycling community on our social channels and in our Discord community. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll definitely be reaching out to, to people that I know, um, and artists that I know, yeah. and say, look, we we want to we want to share the you know share the love. Really, it's the uh, best way to put yeah. it. And I, I guess I made an assumption earlier in the show when I said that this might be helpful for artists who are looking to monetize their work rather than just have it disappear into the internet ether. I mean, is that a valid point for you as an artist, or like how does it how does it affect what what you do uh, in your art, especially as it pertains to you know these avatars that you've been doing for a while now? I mean, does this change anything for you financially? Does it change anything for you in terms of the way you run a business? It doesn't change how how I run a business. I haven't been running. I haven't been creating um, for a while because I've been working uh, within an agency for a bit, um, and still plan to do that. Um, very 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 proud of where I where I work here in Norwich, um, and this is something that uh, when I spoke to Shane and Paul and Tyler, it was one of those opportunities that you know it's so new and so exciting. Um, that I I really had to get involved in it to be honest with you. It was one of those moments where I've had I've had moments during my career where people have come to me and we've talked and if you ever walk away from them, you you always have that what if moment and uh, I didn't want that this what if moment to pass me yeah. by to be honest yeah. with you. And so I guess my my question for you as as the artist, I mean, uh, do you see this as sort of a um, 
the future of digital art or is this just going to be one aspect of what is possible as a digital artist? I, and I guess, would you even describe yourself as a digital artist? Is that what you would think of yourself as? <laughs> I'm not sure what I describe myself as, to be honest with you, Dan. Um, <laughs> me too. Same. Uh, a lot of people. A lot of people. Um, a lot of people have called me a lot worse. I'll tell you that for nothing. <laughs> um, this isn't Twitter. But, don't worry, it's uh, safe. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, it's been very interesting to sit actually to see people's reaction to it. But yeah, the. Uh, I guess I've always just considered myself a, a creator, and, and illustration and animation work is what I've done for the majority of my career. Um, and if people like it and if it ends up on, you know, somebody's wall, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but this gives me an opportunity to reach uh, a lot more people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, and as I say, it's so new and it's, it's, it's one of those times where you just, yeah, I, I'd like to think, you know, if, if people like um, Damien Hurst and, and that are doing, are creating NFTs, then, you know, then maybe this is this is this is the maybe this is the future, yeah. and maybe in a few years' time we'll look back at this and we'll think, crikey, twenty twenty one was where everything really started to kick off, yeah. and yeah. that's really exciting. And I'd like to be at the beginning of that, yeah. to be honest with sure. you. You know, and this is a question, I guess, for both of you. But Tyler, you, you, this one might be more up your alley. But I, I recently I read the um, there was an article on Pink Bike about your project and and the the author of it which it was it was cheeky and you know a, a little snarky and I, but I kind of liked it because it did actually pretty clearly spell out what this what you are trying to do and sort of the technical parts of it that are so hard to understand um, but the the author of that piece um, I should look up her, her name is um, Alicia Leggett um, it was, it was a lo- it was a nice piece actually I thought it was well done but um, her conclusion is that you know she's skeptical and cynical about it and and I think that's reasonable given that what we are now seeing is sort of just a, an entirely new way not only to look at art but also of ownership um what are some of the things that you're finding as this as this project grows are some of the specific challenges to getting people to understand how this works and seeing the value in it i mean is it all just sort of understanding these strange terms or is there something else that you think uh there's are there roadblocks that can be removed so that people will um embrace this a little bit more readily uh, yeah, there's definitely a um, knowledge gap in terms of what it is. Mm-hmm. I think the you know, honestly, if you you take the concept of Bike Club and has membership benefits and everything that we're doing, you could remove the NFT aspect of that, and people would probably get it. Yeah. And then as soon as you say, oh, and it's an NFT, then they're like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, now I don't get it. <laughs> but it's it's this you know, it's such a civil concept. Like you're buying into this club that gives you benefits and you know, the fact that your membership card is just this digital item that you own and you can transfer or sell or whatever, like it, it's a pretty simple concept. Yeah. And, and usually, the funny thing is it's, um, anybody who's into even like started to understand NFTs, they, they pick it up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, my learning curve was accelerated because like I just got, that's the way I work. Like I dive into something full steam. So over the past, you know, four months it's about all i've talked about with anybody that knows me yeah so, yeah my kids are so sick of it yeah um but yeah that's i mean that's one hurdle yeah there is people who don't understand it there's there's some you know coming from the media side of it there's some headlines that fill people with doom and gloom and this is the stupidest thing ever um 
that are largely unfounded, but that's not to say there isn't an element of truth in everything that's negative. You know, there's an environmental aspect of it some people are freaking out about that will largely be solved in a few months. Mm -hmm. There's also workarounds that we're looking at and we're trying to figure out the solutions of it. We're just not, you know, maybe to our detriment, we haven't really explained all the options because the truth is this technology is moving so, so fast. And by the time this episode airs, you know, it's everything that, if I told you what the solution was today, you know, we're recording this in, you know, mid, late November, Mm -hmm. and this airs in January, January, like literally those two months, everything about the way the Ethereum network works Mm -hmm. is probably going to change. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, that's why we're kind of like, well, look, we understand the concerns, we're working on solutions. We're so far away, which is funny to say that two months, less than two months (laughs) is so far away from mint, but like we are literally so far away from mint and we don't have to figure that out. We just, yet, we just have to make sure that we are aware of it. And we totally understand the concerns, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. why would you want to create a project that's going to, you know, like <laughs> doom and gloom headline would be like burn down the rainforest. Yeah. Uh, when you're into cycling and you're promoting like this sustainable travel and all that. Sure, so sure. Um, that's maybe the, the one that we're not getting a ton of pushback on it, but there's always the that yeah. person who will pump that out Bring there. That up. And, um, I, and I think it is, I do think that is a, a valid question. And actually, I mean, we could do another podcast in two months and, and talk about this <laughs> and see what those solutions end up being. But I think that is a valid concern. And I think, you know, that is not the only aspect of the bike industry that that sort of uh, paradigm exists where, you know, yeah, we, we tie ourselves to this environmental friendly activity. But my gosh, I mean, I've been in this, I've been doing this a long time, just like you, Tyler, and the, some of the practices in the bike world is they're not environmentally friendly e- in the least. And so, you know, this is one one very s- small aspect of a bigger story in the bike industry about uh, w- what our environmental f- uh, footprint is. And I think later on when you guys do start minting, I would love to, to follow up on that for sure and, and talk a little bit about some of the solutions you guys have come up with. But um, we're, we are coming short on time here, and I wanted to cover a couple more things. Um, for starters... Let's go super basic here. Now, I, after listening to this podcast, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to you guys talk, and, and, and I now, seriously, after just, what, 30 minutes of talking, I actually have a much better understanding of what this is all about. Say I want to buy in. Um, how much of an investment am I looking at, and how do I actually do it? How do I buy it? Yeah, sure. Um, believe it or not, we're actually going to write an entire how-to guide on this because it is, that's maybe the biggest learning curve. Somebody is like, hey, oh, we're minting tomorrow. And so the first thing is like the word minting means like that's when we actually start selling it, right? So you sure, to sure. buy an NFT is you mint an NFT. Um, if you found out we were doing it tomorrow and you didn't have anything set up, you would not be able to buy one. Um, you need to buy cryptocurrency, Ethereum in particular, most likely. You need to then be able to transfer that into a wallet because you have to pay for it out of a wallet. You have to have that wallet linked to your browser. And it's it's all super easy. It's all just like step one, step two, step three, step four. But if nobody explains it to you and you're having to figure it out for the first time on your own, it could literally take you a month. And even if you do it all in the quickest possible way to realistically have the money in Ethereum that you need ready to go, you're looking at you know, 10 days at best, two weeks is safe. So Mm -hmm. we will do a lot of education for people on 
how to buy crypto, how to set up a wallet. Here's the step-by-step -step process. And here's when you need to start if you plan on minting with us at launch. And, okay. you know, we believe this will sell out pretty quickly. Um, yeah. And so you'll definitely want to be ready to go on launch day. So uh, the shorter answer to that is um, we will be giving information. The best thing people could do if they're interested is to follow us on social and check our website for updates. It's, you know, the website is bikeclub.io and all of our socials are at bike club NFT. Because mm -hmm. um, we'll be posting a ton of info there. But yeah, so the price is um, the target is, you know, about $200 USD. And so the reason why we haven't put out an actual mint price is because Ethereum prices change daily. So if we told you it was whatever $200 in Ethereum is today in right. two months when we mint, that could be the equivalent of $500 or it could be the equivalent of $50. You know, right. there's just no way of knowing. Um, so we don't want to shoot ourselves in the foot and say, this is what the mint price is going to be now. Um, yeah. So we'll announce that much, much closer to mint. Sure. I think so, this, that, so that's what, that's what I was referring to earlier when before we went to our break. That was exactly that point. So I'm I'm really glad we spoke about that because that is the big the big concern from a lot of the people that I'm talking to on social is we talked about the green issue, but also the the I don't have thousands. Why are you taking thousands of dollars off me? And I'm like, well, okay, this you you need to wait. We're, this is going to be different. And then yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. yeah. I'm glad I'm glad we explained that. It's good. Yeah. Thanks. And I think too, I mean, once you guys get into that first minting and, and sort of had the process nailed and people have seen that it is easy, you know, that, that spreads, you know, and that makes it easier and more accessible for people. And I think, you know, I think this largely, this conversation is going to warrant a follow up, especially after you guys do start uh, minting these, these NFTs. And I'd love to circle back and, and talk to both of you about sort of how the launch goes, how the experience uh, is for you, and, and you know, what, what sort of the ups and downs of this whole process ends up being. I think it's pretty fascinating. Um, but in the meantime, uh, Tyler, you gave the, the Bike Club socials. Um, Rich, where can people find you on socials if you want them to find you on social media? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always welcome to talk to people on socials. Uh, doing it for a very long time. So, yeah, that's good. I'm at Rich, R-I-C-H underscore Mitch, M-I-T-C-H, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on Strava. Um, that's about it, I guess. And that's a great place to see some of Rich's work, which I love. And I think you, you'll probably see and go, oh, I've seen that, you know, because it, you're, it is pretty ubiquitous in the, in the bike world. And for a good reason. It's, it's cool stuff. Um, and, of course, to those of you listening, you can uh, reach out to me anytime. I'm at Slow Guy in the Fast Ride on Instagram and at Slow Guy Fast Ride on Twitter just because Slow Guy in the Fast Ride is too long, apparently, for Twitter. <laughs> um, and you can also reach out uh, via my newsletter. Sign up for it at uh, excuse me, www.slowguyonthefastride.com is where you'll sign up for my newsletter. That's the best place to go so you don't miss any of the cool content that I've got coming up, which includes podcasts, videos, newsletters, and a lot of very cool tech stuff coming up that I have not yet launched. Right around the time this podcast goes live, you might know about it, I think, or it'll be right on the horizon. So please do go follow uh, in all those places. Uh, and Rich and Tyler, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, this is pretty fascinating, and I'm, I'm hoping we can uh, catch up again soon to sort of uh, see how the launch goes and uh, how things evolve uh, as, as this, this project takes off. Absolutely. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thank you. And to all you listening, uh, thank you for listening. If you have questions about this podcast, it's a pretty uh, complex topic, so feel free to reach out, and I'll pester Tyler and Rich uh, again with all your, your questions. Uh, and uh, until the next episode, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>